So today we're, we're celebrating Epiphany. Yesterday was actually the Feast of the Epiphany. Today is technically the baptism of our Lord. But we've talked a lot about John the Baptist kind of in Advent. So I really wanted to take some time and, and focus on this Feast of the Epiphany. And, and I want to kind of talk a little bit about what an epiphany is, but I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you a story about when I was a kid. When I was a little kid, I was about six or seven, I remember my aunt and my mother and my grandmother talking, and they were talking about my cousin, and my aunt had said that he was an accident. He was, I think, just born at that time, but he had been an accident. Right, which means, of course, there was an unplanned pregnancy. Now, at this time in my development, I had a basic understanding of how babies were created. Right, I knew that you know tab A goes into slot B, and so on and so forth. But this whole accident thing really, really got my mind going because there were a few key pieces of information that I I didn't have, namely that I had no understanding that there are some people who undertake such activities recreationally. And so I was imagining how my uncle could accidentally, you know, get tab A into slot B. So I'm like, did he like roll over in his sleep or, or what? Because I just couldn't imagine how you could do that accidentally. And then, of course, at some point in my development, I kind of came to a fuller understanding of procreation, and I had an epiphany that the accident wasn't the act of procreation, it was the pregnancy itself. That they meant to do the one thing, it was the result that was unplanned, right? So epiphanies kind of work that way where, where we have incomplete information. We don't have true understanding. And then suddenly, as in a flash, the information that's been missing comes to us and we now we understand, right, that before we had ignorance, but after the epiphany we have understanding. And so this epiphany that we're talking about, which is the emergence of Jesus into the world, kind of works the same way. There are sort of three stories related to epiphany that we kind of go through in the cycle of our readings. And the first is the one we hear today about the wise men who, who saw the star rising in the east and they've come and they go to Herod and say, hey, we're here to pay homage to the new king. And being the king himself and not having a new king in his house, he was lightly concerned about who this new king might be and what it might mean for Herod. So in a certain sense, Herod himself has an epiphany that, that something is up. And of course, the wise men, they go and they find the baby Jesus lying in the house. The second story we talk about is the baptism of Jesus, where, where Jesus comes to John the Baptist in the wilderness. This is the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark. In the Gospel of Mark, there's no birth narrative, there's no stable, there's no running away to Egypt, there's none of that. The Gospel begins with Jesus' arrival at the River Jordan to be baptized. And so we know the story of Jesus' baptism, and him and John go back and forth about whether it's the right thing to do or not, and they finally do it. And then Jesus sees the Holy Spirit and goes off into the desert. The third story we talk about in Epiphany, of course, is the wedding at Cana, right? So this is the beginning of the Gospel of John, where Jesus is at this wedding, and his mom's like, hey, they're out of wine. Hint, hint, hint. And Jesus is like, no, 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 it's not time yet. 
But his mother kind of forces the issue, and Jesus takes the, the large amphora of water, and he turns them into wine. In each of these cases, in the story of the, of the, of the wise men, in the story of the baptism of Jesus, in the story of, of the wedding at Cana, they're all times when, when we didn't understand fully who Jesus is. And yet, through the actions of the Holy Spirit, through the guiding of a star, through the turning of water into wine, through the baptism itself, the fuller information is revealed to us and we begin to understand. Now, Paul says that one of the biggest problems facing humanity is that we are divided, right? And that the law uh, made a, a strict delineation between the people of Israel and everybody else. And that salvation was only really offered to the people of Israel through the law. But Paul also tells us that that law has been abolished. And what that means is not that we get to go and do anything we want, that no rules apply, but that the divisions between the people of God and everybody else are no more. And so in this epiphany, we get a fuller understanding of God's purpose for us and for humanity. And it's not to single out certain amongst us as being better than others or being righteous or, or special, extra being loved by God. But it's to show us and remind us that in fact everybody is beloved of God. Every single person, even those really terrible people, are people who are beloved of God and who God yearns to be reconciled with. Though people make the choice to turn away from God, God never makes the choice to turn away from a person. That is the great epiphany, the great aha that is offered in Christian faith. And, and hopefully it leads us to a fuller understanding of, of ourselves and of our role in this life and of, of how we are to relate to others. Because one of the things that we promise in our baptism is that we will respect the dignity of all persons. That doesn't say people who are like us or the good people or the people who are extra deserving of our care and concern. We will respect the dignity of all persons. And that's a really challenging promise to make, an even more difficult promise to keep. But in this epiphany, in this, in this full revealing of God's love for us that we celebrate, that is at the core of our our Christian life is this idea that if we are to be the people that God created us to be, if we are to live without fear, because all of the things that we need to be afraid of have been taken away by Christ, and so that courageously we can love, we can take risks, knowing full well that, that, that sin and evil still stalk the world and that we will be disappointed. But at the same time, we don't need to be afraid of withholding that love. That we don't need to worry about the disappointment because God has it all in God's care. And that we, as Christians, as followers of Christ, have been elected and commissioned to be sent out into the world to be the bringers of light that that Isaiah talks about in that first reading. Arise, shine, for your light has come. 
And the light that we bring into the world is not the light of ourselves, but it's the light of Christ. We are carriers of the light of Christ, like little fireflies in the dark. And if enough of us gather together, then all of the shadows will be dispelled. That's the epiphany that we've been given, that, that we, each of us individually, are beloved and empowered by God to bring God's light to the world. Amen.